0: Three, two, one. What's up, everybody? This is Daryl Terrell with The Real World. And tonight, my guest is named Dane Chrislip. I found this guy on Instagram, and he had made several posts about everything that was going on during the George Floyd situation and other incidences going on in the country. And I was truly intrigued. By everything that he was saying and how outspoken he was about it. So tonight I have him as a guest. I'm super stoked about it. So sit back and enjoy listening to tonight's podcast. Dane, welcome to the show. Thank you, man. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited for it. I
1: appreciate the opportunity and I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. I,
0: I appreciate you um, being so outspoken about everything um, during that time, mm-hmm. which during that time, you know, was the passing of George Floyd. Yeah. What was on your heart when you decided to post the videos that you did?
1: Um, a lot. Uh, a lot was on my heart. I think, um, I think first and foremost was, uh, I mean, the first reaction was anger and rage. And then, it, um, you know, once it finally settled in, because to be honest, I put off watching it for a couple of days after it happened. I had a lot of friends send me um, the articles about it and send me some Twitter links, um, videos, and stuff like that. And I put off watching it because I knew exactly how it was going to end. You know, I mean, it was pretty much the same story repeated over the past. I mean, well, forever, but especially over the last, you know, five, six, seven, eight years, really mm-hmm. since what Trayvon Martin was killed in what 2012. I think yeah. was when it was. So um, yeah, I was still. I was still in high school. I was either a junior or a senior then. So, um, I mean, you see enough of it, you kind of, um, you kind of, you kind of get, you know, you don't really have a reaction to it anymore after a certain point. So, um, but I knew exactly how it was going to end, and I knew how it was going to make me feel. So I put it off for a little bit, um, and finally, I was like, you know what? That's irresponsible of me to mm-hmm. to not watch it because normally I'm the first one to watch it and the first one to speak up about it. Um, at least as far as like the people that I know, you know, right. in my circle. So um, I finally watched it, and it, it, you know, it didn't hit me until I watched it third, fourth, fifth time. Um, and then it was just, it was immediate rage and anger, and then it was, um, it was sickness in my stomach, sadness, um, and a lot of helplessness to be honest. And yeah. uh, you know, I mean, I could say helplessness for me and just how I was feeling, but that's really that's really not fair. I mean, really helplessness for the people that, you know, for the black community and for people that don't look like me, my friends and family, people who I consider family
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, that are members of the black community. So, um, I mean, that's really what was going through my head, especially around that time.
0: You know, during that time, it, I'm with you on that. I felt like, is this really real life?
1: Yeah, it was kind of, it was very surreal, you know? I mean, it was very, like, is this really happening again? Is it really happening, and nothing's going to really be done about it? I mean, like, I mean, obviously, the spark kind of ignited a whole lot of mm-hmm, whole lot of things mm-hmm. in the country that I'm sure we'll get to. But um, yeah, it was I was the same boat. Like, really, is this is this real life? Is this happening?
0: You know. Right. You know, during that time, I just felt like everything before George George Floyd mm-hmm. was always just washed under the rug yeah and so here is something blatantly out in front of us
1: mm-hmm.
0: how could it be disputed
1: yeah yeah and and it still was it still was disputed by a lot of people be- it was it was right in your face and i think that was that was part of the thing that was i don't want to say it was surprising because you, you know you can almost expect it from you know after so long from you know x amount of people but it still was like this is, this is murder right in your face. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you know, you said in the beginning you called it the passing of George Floyd, which it is. But you know, I was very open immediately when it happened, and I I will always call it the murder of George Floyd. Yeah. I and mean, I don't care, I don't care what anyone says. I don't care. Uh, it doesn't matter to me. That was that was cold murder in the street, and right. people were still refuting it, like you said.
0: You know, it's you know when i say passing mm-hmm. because i'm giving respect to of course to, you yeah know, no, of
1: course i understand what you, know, you mean
0: you see it so often mm-hmm. i don't think anyone truly paid attention to mm-hmm. how much this goes on in this country mm-hmm. until we had to sit our asses at home
1: yeah yeah no exactly and you had nothing to do but time
0: and you had that time and you paid attention to social media you pay attention to tv you i mean and that is right in front of our faces. Mm-hmm. People standing right there on the street videoing it. Yeah. And now, several months forward, now we're in week five. Yeah. or day five, day five of Derek Chauvin's case.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Let's just get right into this. Let's do, do you it. really Let's do think it. this is going to be, just like every other police in the same situation that has done the exact same thing, do you think it's just going to be another pass yeah. and just washed under the rug? Yeah, I
1: do, because to be honest, as much evidence is there, as much social outcry is there, as much common sense is there to, to you know do what, what needs to be done, there's no evidence of it, you know. There's no there's no precedent for for things going the way they should. Mm-hmm. So I have I have I have no faith, which I know is a lot of people will say is very pessimistic. But to <laughs> be honest, I personally think that's just realistic. Yeah. Um. You know, you, you can't it, if you shown things. You know, if you're shown things over and over, you you got to just start trusting that that's how it is. And unfortunately, I don't I don't see it going the way that it needs to go. And I I don't. But I still am hopeful because, uh, to an extent, because like you said, and like like I said, it's right in your face. You know, I mean mm-hmm. it's point, it's point blank there. All the all the evidence, the video evidence, is there. Um, so we'll see. We'll I see. Mean,
0: is it enough evidence to really give the jurors enough information to say guilty? Because this is truly a monumental case in this country yeah, right now. Yeah, it's it a big deal, mm-hmm. and if it does not go how it should go, I truly think there's going to be a completely outcry, and all hell is going to break loose.
1: Total mayhem and pandemonium for sure. Um, way more than before. Way more. Way more. Way more. In, oh, in, in my th- opinion, <laughs> you know. And I was a part of all. Of, I mean, well, I won't say the mayhem. You know, we can get to all the riots and protests or whatever. But I. I did my protesting, I did my marching, I did my, you know, the whole thing down in the city and down in Edmond, but um, this is going to be, I don't know how it hasn't, I think I said this in my video, Um, to be honest, I haven't watched that video I put up since I posted it, Um, but I'm pretty sure I said in there that I don't know how, I don't know how black people haven't burned everything to the ground already, you know, just after everything, Mm -hmm. and and that's even before George Floyd, Mm -hmm. you know, that's... You know, not to say whether it's right or wrong or you know whatever. I just don't know how it hasn't happened. Yeah. And if if this doesn't, you know, if this is a not guilty or a, you know he gets off, I don't know. I don't know how yeah. it's gonna go. I'm. I I, don't, don't I
0: just don't think it's gonna go good at all.
1: I know if it if it if it's a not guilty, no, it's it's gonna end horribly in my opinion, as it should. You know, mm-hmm. I think that I thought the outcry in the beginning, and I thought the chaos, and you know. Um, whenever he whenever he was murdered I thought it was completely due I thought it was um, I thought it was fair and understanding um, or understandable excuse me um, and if this happens I mean I don't really know what more you can say I don't know how much longer uh, again I, I say this all the time I don't know how long you expect a group of people to ask for human decency because it right. shouldn't ever need to be asked right, right? that's and that's an asinine thought process in the beginning that you got to ask for basic decency mm-hmm. and to be treated like everyone else. But how long how long do you expect someone to ask? Mm-hmm. you know I remember um, I remember when I was probably gosh I had to be 10, 11, 12 years old and I was watching um, I was watching a Tupac interview, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I grew up on I grew up on old school rap. My dad put me on that for a long yeah. time or so <laughs> uh, I think the very first album I ever listened to, I can remember listening to was "Doggy Style" by Snoop Dogg. So, and he gave me it. He gave me it to listen to. So, fully condoned it. Um, but um, you know, I was listening to a Tupac interview, and he he was basically saying, you know, uh, imagine imagine there's a there's a there's a, a room or a um, like a ballroom full of people, and it's all these these wealthy individuals, white people, and they have all this food in there. And I'm a black man, and I come up to the door, and I'm hungry, and I you know I'm starving. I've been on the streets, and I need food. And, you know, I knock. I ask for some food. You know, I sing a song. You know, please give me some food. You know, they open the door. They shut it in my face. You know, I knock again. I ask. I knock again. I ask. They keep shutting in my face. Well, then I start banging on the door. You right, know? right. Then I start demanding it. Mm-hmm. And at some point, I'm going to break that damn door down, and I'm taking the food from me. Right, right. You know, if you're not going to give it to me, um, with, you know, a basic need and a basic right, I'm just going to take it, you know, if you're ignoring me and putting me down like that. So, I don't know. Again, I mean, that's just my full expectation. So,
0: you know, on that note, do you think this... I feel like now more than ever, mm-hmm. it's not just black people marching. No, And yeah. now more than ever, uh-huh. people are getting fucking sick and tired. They're
1: getting their asses off the couch and they're, they're sick of sitting by, yeah.
0: Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing to me that... Here, you know, you're talking about, you know, Tupac and, and watching, you know, his video. And, you know, I can remember, I I have never heard of the Tulsa, the Tulsa race riots There's until 2020, bro.
1: Man, <laughs> yeah. I was in college the first time I heard about it. And that was, um, I was, it was probably 2016, mm-hmm. maybe 2017, the first time I heard about it. You know, we're not taught that in high school. Yeah, not. Oklahoma, that's what I'm saying. You get a whole class on Oklahoma history and not one <laughs> peep about Tulsa. So, I mean, that that really right there, I mean, that kind of just tells you everything you need to know, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know I, know, I know, again, I know other black people who had never heard of the
0: the, the Tulsa thing until until they were in their late 20s. That's crazy to me. Yeah. You know, but I'm going off of the point when you're talking about, you mm-hmm. know, people out here protesting mm-hmm. and doing all this stuff and how— you know, people were getting upset about their buildings being burned. <laughs> the Tulsa yeah. Massacre, Race Massacre, bro, they dropped bombs.
1: Bombs. Bombs.
0: And people are literally bitching about people Brick and
1: mortar and glass. Like, um I... I understand it, right? Because rioting and the destruction of property—it is a crime, and I get that. It and is. that's something that someone worked very, very hard for. More than likely, you know, um, worked very, very hard for. They put their time, their effort, their money, and their livelihoods into mm-hmm. it. I totally understand that. But I—I I have a very simple philosophy, and that's that. It's—I se- guess it seems like really out there. Apparently, with how many people disagree, but. There's nothing more valuable than human life, right? There's not one thing. It doesn't matter. No material item, no animal, nothing you do in life. Nothing matters more than human life and decency. And if you put more value or you get more upset, in my opinion, if what you choose to get upset about or if how you choose to counter all of these protests and what they're protesting for with, yeah, but breaking stuff is bad, that just tells me kind of either... Where your values lie, right, or that right. you just actually don't care about the problem. Right. You really don't care about the issue that's being talked about. It's like the whole Colin Kaepernick thing. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone wanted to say, uh, that's when really like, everyone wanted to say it was disrespectful to the flag, even though they heard countless times it wasn't about the flag, it wasn't about the military, it wasn't about anything like that. Um, but they chose to ignore it because they didn't want to have to pay attention to what was really going on. Mm-hmm. In my opinion or they just straight up disagreed and they didn't care what was going on. One of the two and both of those are wrong.
0: Well, the, the thing is when it comes to people speaking the truth, mm-hmm. it's painful. It's supposed to be. And when it's painful, sometimes people deal with it mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't fucking want to deal with it. A lot of people. And that's when it becomes, you're messing with my job or were the position I'm in, and yes. I can understand why so many people at that time about um, Kaepernick speaking out mm-hmm. with the platform that he has, mm-hmm. as he should.
1: As he should, yeah. I mean, he gave up his. I mean, he gave up his career for it to an extent. You know, I mean, he's blackballed from the NFL. I mean, I know he gave he had a couple shots, but I personally am of the belief that he never really had a shot. Right. You know, as many as many. Um, you know, PR things as, as teams wanted to do. I just don't believe he had a really shot. So yeah, as he should with his platform and his ability and his money and his influence. Um, and honestly, at the, on the trajectory that he was on in his career, you know, I mean, um, he, he, he risked everything to, to speak out against and people didn't want to face it. Like you said, people mm-hmm. don't want to face that truth and that harsh reality. Mm-mm. That's how it goes.
0: Well, and you know, how many years ago did Kaepernick do that?
1: Oh gosh, that had to be—I uh, was a, had to be what? Twi- uh, man, I might have my years mixed up, but it's got to be something around like seven, six or seven years.
0: Six or seven years, man. Ago. I might be
1: wrong about that. Someone's gonna—someone's gonna, I mean, gonna misquote me it, on that. I but
0: think it was a little less than. that. It might have been. It might have been yeah. like four or five. Yeah, yeah. But even with that being said, mm-hmm. here it is—a few weeks ago, Norman High basketball. Norman High. Game. And look at the situation that went down, and people wonder why people are kneeling. Did you know diabetes can cause racism? I did not know Man, that. Man, how crazy it, is like, that? I should just retire from personal training. Right Apparently
1: guess? so, because you're out of luck. You got. <laughs> if, if, <laughs> you're gonna have a hard time. You're gonna have a hard time getting some general lifestyle clients. <laughs> right. So. <laughs> kudos to you (laughs) no I yeah the whole Norman thing was crazy it was like it's not I mean it's not unexpected it's just still shocking you know what I mean and I know that doesn't that kind of contradicts those kind of contradict each other but I mean people people will show you their true colors and um he I don't remember what that what that piece of shit's name was he can I don't know but he uh I remember he he said he's, he apologized, and it's just like every other apology, you know. It's, it's I'm not sorry because I said it, I'm sorry because I got caught. Surface, level. it is surface level, too. Yeah, and he wanted to throw out how he was like a uh, something about a, a, a Baptist preacher at one point or something, and he's still like a church goer. Like, I'm a Christian, and if you think that just inherently being a Christian makes you a good person. You got it kind of backwards, my man. So, number one. Well, a lot of people do believe that. A lot of people do believe that. That's a whole other topic (laughs) in and of itself. We have another podcast on that. Um, But he started growing off that, and then he blamed his diabetes and that he, like, couldn't, you know, he wasn't in his right mindset. And I'm No, you were in your right mindset. You just got caught. Mm -hmm. You know, you were talking with someone who you thought you could talk shop with um, and do, I don't know, whatever people think guy talk is, which apparently people think guy talk is just, like, the worst thing on the planet. That's what it's supposed to be, which is not true. I, don't, I got plenty of guy friends, and none of us talk like that. So um, he thought he was with a buddy who he could talk to, and he got
0: caught. No, that's called God doing His work for people like yeah. that to be ousted. Mm-hmm. And you know, they, what happens is sometimes when you get too comfortable, mm-hmm. you start making the worst mistakes. Yeah and you don't think no one's listening. It's actually you're sneaking around is what it's oh, kind of yeah. doing. You know, you're tiptoeing around, you're doing shit and saying stuff that you're not supposed to, mm-hmm. and wham.
1: But that's what your true character is, right? You know, I mean, I say this all the time to people with character, and I'm not the only one who says this by any means, but character is defined by what you do when you think no one's watching, right? right? right. And your true colors come out when you think you're alone or when you think you can just say whatever you want, no one's gonna hear it. And you know I do want to really quick I want to I want to commend the students one for even doing that in the first place because as I don't know how old they were I don't know what grade they were in but anywhere from 15 to right. 18 years mm-hmm. old that takes a lot of courage and a lot of bravery and a, you know that I wouldn't have had it at, eight, at, at 18 years old I would I didn't have it at 21 22 23 24 mm-hmm. um, you know so K- kudos to them. I commend absolutely. them, and then I commend also the teachers who responded to it. I saw yes. a picture of them all in the gymnasium kneeling, showing solidarity with the students, and that was a beautiful thing um, and a, a great message to to send those kids because that could have <clears throat> that that could and could have ruined mentally some of those kids' mindsets absolutely after doing that. And so to, to see to see teachers back you up like that, I know that you know I was really close with a lot of teachers when I was growing up mm-hmm. in the school. They were um, they were some rocks for me. So if I would have, if I would have had those types of instances in my corner, that would have really, that would have really meant a lot. So, kudos yeah. to them.
0: Absolutely, I think you know, for those young ladies to be influenced mm-hmm. in such a negative way by what he said, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, actually turned out to be something amazing. It did. That's going Very to be, I think, monumental in their life going forward. I hope so. In other situations that they m- may deal with. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, I'm a hundred percent on you. With you on that, by um, kudos to them and um, ladies, keep pressing forward. And Absolutely, congratulations on that championship. that's yeah. that's that's, that's a way. That to, right, left jab. Like, give it <laughs> right back to him. You know, show it,
1: show him a little something. No, that's yeah. bu- it was a bu- that was really a beautiful moment. Like it, the 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 negativity of it was daunting for a second, but very quickly it turned into something oh, yeah. great.
0: real quick and. That's what people like him don't probably want. Absolutely not situations like that, mm-hmm. and you know, so definitely proud of you, ladies, for getting it done. Mm-hmm. But let's dive into <clears throat> more about your video that you're yeah, sp- speaking about. Means. I know that you are a Christian, but mm. how has that influenced your life? Going through and seeing some of the things that you've seen, how has being as an a Christian adult? influenced it? Mm.
1: Um, you know, I mean. Th- I haven't been a Christian for long. I got baptized in 2018. And before okay. that, um, I'm not going to give the whole testimony on here, but before that, I believed in nothing. You know, I didn't have any belief system. In 2018 comes around very quickly. But well, we
0: got to get into why you didn't believe in nothing.
1: Oh, we can do that. We can I mean, we can do that. If you want to. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. Um well, I mean, I grew up going to church with our with our stepmom. You know, mm-hmm. my, my parents were separated since I was one. Um our stepmom wanted us to go to church, me and my brother and my stepbrother. Um and it just never really clicked, you know. It never – it's not like we resented it. It's not like we hated it. You know, as 7-, 10-year-old kids, you know, it was boring. <laughs> you know, we went to a very traditional, conservative – nothing against it. We went to uh, Memorial Road Church of Christ over there on, on – uh, what, Memorial and Bryant, give or take, um, up in Edmond. And nothing against that church. It was just very, you know, conservative. I and mean, we're kids. Right. We don't want to – listen to hymns for an hour and a half. We want to go play Xbox, you know, and PlayStation. So we just never really took to it. Um, And after a couple years, our stepmom really saw, like, yeah, they're not into it, and I'm not going to force it, which was a beautiful thing on her part. Um, She never forced us to. Our mother never forced us to. Our father never forced us to um, believe in anything. They were always like, you know what, you can form your own beliefs, and whatever you believe is fine. And really, I didn't even know my parents' beliefs until I was, shoot, maybe until after I was baptized, to be honest. Um, And so I just didn't believe in anything. I had no belief system. Um, It wasn't drilled into me as a kid, so I never took to it. Um, And then, you know, as I got older, I just never really had an interest in it. But all of my friends are very, very devout Christians. Like, all of the people that I'm closest to. I got a lot of friends, right? Everyone has a lot of friends. Everyone knows a lot of people. But my actual... And associates. Friends and associates and just people you know from around. Mm -hmm. Um, But... You know, Mm. the people who I consider my people and my family, um, they're all like that. You know, and um, I mentioned to you earlier before we started, you know, I had a job in high school. that was I worked there for seven years, and it was family owned and operated by um, a very, very Christian family. Mm. Um, And they had a huge influence on me personally way before they had an influence on me spiritually. And um, so just, you know, the culmination of a lot of things led to me, you know, Finding a belief system, um, I guess I should say it found me more than I found it. You know what I mean. And um, but anyway, back to your gen- back to your actual question. Um, how has it influenced me? I think really more than anything, it's given me a little bit more of a peace. Um, not initially because I still I'm still human. You know, I still get that. Like I said earlier, I still I still get angry. I still you know whenever um, you know whenever a social injustice happens or a murder happens amongst. Um, I mean, really, it can. I know, I know police brutality happens with everyone, but the topic today is in the black community and with people of color in general. Mm-hmm. So for anyone who wants to throw out, yeah, well, white people get, get, you know, get brutalized by police too. Yes, okay, they cool. Do. They do, absolutely. And I will, yes, never, did, do. I will never dismiss that, but that's just not what the conversation is. Um, so whenever I see something like that, you know, I still get the initial human reactions. And then after a point, you, know, you pray, you think on it, um, you talk to God about it. You talk with him about it. You listen um, and you just remain a little bit more hopeful than you were. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's really what it is. You get a little bit more peace of mind, um, peace of heart, um, and you just, you just find some solace in the fact that, you know, this is not it, you know, and this is not what, 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 what the end, go- end goal is and you just do your best and you keep fighting and that doesn't mean that you get complacent. That doesn't yeah. mean that you let things happen and, you, you know, that doesn't mean you let you stay silent on topics. That just means that, um, you know, you try your hardest and, it's, you know, and you just you just pray and hope for the best.
0: What was the struggle that you were going through that led you to Christ?
1: <sighs> um, you see, don't
0: have to be... Uh, no, I'm all open okay, about it. I'm all open. It. If you want to hear it
1: and if, if yeah, you don't mind sure. me talking, I'm all open. Um, you know, then there really wasn't a struggle, I would say. It Really, honestly, it wasn't until maybe a year after that I hit my lowest point mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, almost a year to the date after I got baptized. And um, which that was the first thing that, that um, my mentor, his name is Lance Ward, he's a pastor up at um, Crossings over on Portland. Mm-hmm. And he uh, his daughter is one of my best friend's wives. So father-in-law, my best friend. And all of us work together. Like all of my close knit friends come from that job. I keep telling you about. Nice. Yeah, all of them, every one of them. So shout out to you guys. Um, So um, her dad warned me. He said, "I want you to realize that just because you got baptized and just because you have a belief in a faith system, that doesn't mean everything gets easier. That just it just is what it is, and life still happens." Right. Um, So whenever I, you know, whenever I was going through that. I was really just confused. It wasn't like I was going through a bad time or a struggle, and I needed to find God or anything like that. Um, I mean, obviously, I needed to find God, but not for any like underlying reason. And whenever um, it was probably August, I believe, give or take, maybe uh, let me see, maybe late July, early August of 2018. I remember for a couple weeks, I had just been like, "Man, have I been have I been dismissing God for too (laughs) long? Or maybe I've just been not." I just haven't been given it a chance, you know what I mean? And I was like, well, let me sit on it, think on it, because that's, that's a big revelation to have after twenty, what, 24 years, uh, 23, 24 years. So let me sit on it. Let me not freak anyone out, or get anyone's hopes up. Um, and so I marinated on it for a few weeks. Um, and then I just remember, you know, I don't know about you, I do all my heavy thinking in the shower. So I was in the shower one day before work and I was almost late because I was sitting in there for so long. I was in there for about 25 minutes, water was starting to get cold, right?
0: So that's the perfect time to get out.
1: That's the perfect time. It's the only time to get out, really. Um, so I, uh, yeah, no, I, um, I was sitting in there and I was thinking and I was like, you know what, if I'm thinking this hard about it, there's got to be something to it, you know, there's got to be a reason for it. And that was really what the whole, um, I guess mindset change i would had over the past the last couple of years before that was or maybe the last six months before that I just stopped looking at everything as a coincidence hmm and started wondering if there was a reason for the positions I was in life the people that were in my life and the things that I've experienced and stuff like that right and there is and there is there is There absolutely is uh, from the people that have been placed around me and the people that I have been placed around to um, you know that job that has meant had meant so much to me when I was growing up it really molded me into the man that I, that I, you know, that I am today and that I continue to be um, the people that came from it. And, and honestly, this is gonna sound, this is gonna sound totally cliche, but I got, I got a dog, okay, I got a dog. <laughs> I got a dog in May of like, I mean, like May of 2018. I remember the day, May 22nd, I'm the ultimate dog dad. Um, his birthday was yesterday, that's fine. So, happy birthday. Thank you, happy, happy birthday, Coop. Um, so I remember I, uh, my brother moved away Um, my brother is my, my rock, right? Man, we're getting way off topic. hope this is okay. No. Okay. This this is always relevant. This all leads to the Okay, cool. 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 So my brother is my rock and he has been for my whole entire life. That's my hero. So, um, he got, uh, relocated for a job. He was managing a hobby lobby and he got relocated to New Orleans. Um, it had to be 2017, maybe 2016, something like that. Um, he got relocated. And it crushed me, right? It was hard. I was proud of him for sure, but it hit, it hit me really hard. And um, and so he, uh, he moved and it was bad, but it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be only because um, his girlfriend and now wife, mm-hmm. we were all living together in a house and she wasn't ready to move down yet. So he was down there for about a year almost before she moved down. And so whenever she was there, it was always like, you know, he can come back, you mm-hmm. know, he's still got his girl here, you know what I mean? So um, it wasn't official until she moved. And so I remember whenever it was like maybe two or three months before uh, she was scheduled to move, um, I got really down. You know, that wasn't my lowest point mentally, but it was one of them. Mm -hmm. And it was like, it felt like I was losing the people that I needed in my life, um, even if it was only temporary. And I had wanted a dog for a long time. And then, um, so I was looking on Craigslist, man, I had maybe 500 bucks to my name, right? And um, now I was Sounds like myself. Hey man, you know it happens. <laughs> Anyone out there who's struggling, I get it, trust me. You can always come to me, I get it. Um, I've been there more times than I care to admit. So, um, I I was looking on Craigslist, couldn't find one. I always wanted a golden retriever. Ever since I saw Airbud, I wanted a golden retriever, man. <laughs> I was a kid and I wanted to play basketball with him and feed him vanilla pudding. And it just, you know, it was gonna be <laughs> perfect. So, I was looking and they were all, you know, the golden retriever's like, top breed dogs. They're like $1,500, $2,000. And I'm like, you guys are outside your minds thinking I'm gonna pay $2,000 for a dog. You know, I don't care how much I love it. <laughs> and then I finally, last day, I was, I was, I was like, I was, I literally told myself that morning, I'm gonna look one more time. And then if, you know, if I don't find one, it's just not meant to be. And I just need to wait a little bit. Mm-hmm. Last day I looked, the last page on Craigslist I looked, I found this Last puppy of the litter in Norman, five hundred bucks. I had five hundred bucks to my name. I was like, I get paid in two days. I'll be alright. Let's do it. And um I went down there. I went down there with my mother and she was like she was like, Don't bring any money with you, you know, if you want you're gonna want to think on it. I was like, All right, all right, all right, and I had the five hundred dollars with me, right? You know, I was <laughs> I was ready to go, no problem. So met it and it was just like, you know, it was instant. So I got him and it gave me, you know, it sounds it sounds really cliche to people, maybe if you're not a dog person or you don't have one, but, like, it gave me, it was all, it was like a kid, you know, in the sense mm-hmm. of, like, it gave me a purpose, it gave me something that depended on me, and it's a responsibility, an added responsibility that yes. I hadn't had, right? Because I've had responsibilities for as long as I can remember. I moved out when I was 17, and so, when I was in high school, and so, like, that wasn't new to me, but it's an added pressure, you know, you have a living creature depending on you. Right. and
0: how do, how do people not get that? I don't know how
1: people don't get it. You know, they're crazy. You know, if Like, you
0: for those who mistreat your dog, oh, how do you not get it?
1: How do you sleep at night? You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, what is wrong with you? I mean, like, oh, man. whoo I'm getting uh, – maybe, maybe it's the sun that's beating on my back, but now I'm sweating. <laughs> no, um, so we uh, – I got him, and it gave me all that purpose and responsibility, and it was right at the time when I needed it, when I was, like, really down and out. And um, – so I got him, and that was one of maybe, I would say, three instances where I can look back and really say that God really showed me a lot. You know, the other was uh, I got a really, really great friend named Blake. He's from high school, and he got married um, to this sweet woman named Ashley. She's the sweetest. And um, she, their, their wedding, they had uh, – I was an usher at the wedding, and they had a moment where they did like a um, – like a ceremony, uh, gospel, if mm-hmm. you will, right. Worship, I guess, I said, yep. not gospel, um, but worship. And it was beautiful. And I remember he called up his groomsmen to the stage or to the, to the altar with a guitar and it started playing. And I, you know, I'd been in those situations before as, you know, as, you know, an atheist agnostic, whatever, who, you know, you just stand there really respectfully and nothing really matters. And you're just like, all right, I'll let them have their fun. Right. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was because my best—it was one of my best friends. I don't know if it was. I don't know what it was. I do know now. It was God. But you know, I—I um, I, I remember looking up at the uh, at, at the altar, and they were closed, uh, closed eyes, holding hands, and the whole crowd was singing. Whole crowd. I was the only one not. And I mean, I remember turning and looking and looking back at the back rows. I mean, it was—it was a beautiful moment. And I just bawled. I just broke down. And I was like, "Wow, this is literally the most beautiful thing I think i would ever been a part of." It was just pure, and like Blake and his wife were crying under like under those closed eyes, so it was great. And then the next one um, was a a a woman named Linda Taylor, and I told you that job. It was Elevation Trampoline Park for those who might not know, um, up here in Edmond. And I started working there in 2012, April of 2012, when I moved out of high or moved out of my house, and uh, or moved out of my parents' house. And then I worked there until February February 24th, 2019. So um, almost seven years. And their general manager at the time was the owner's father. His name was Larry Taylor. <laughs> his wife, Linda, over the past last few years that we were all working there, was very, very sick. Had uh, Man, I don't even remember what all she had, but she had a lot of respiratory problems, mm-hmm. um, and it was, it was pretty heavy. And Larry was like all of our like grandfather, father figures. And to me, because I was a manager, I mean, I saw him and talked to him every day for seven years. Yeah, And so he was like, he was more than a father. He was like a friend. You know, he was in his 70s and he was like one of my best friends. And um, his wife, his wife eventually passed, which was honestly a blessing because she was struggling quite a bit. And so was everyone else. But when she passed, we went, I had met her. Uh, even in those seven years I'd only met her like five or six times and we hadn't really talked more than you know two three four minutes here and there Mm -hmm. and we went to her service and I don't I don't I mean it was definitely God working but I don't know what it was Um, it was just wild I remember we 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 walked in and sat down it was this big church and a lot of people, she was a beautiful woman. She admit her and Larry did missionary work over, overseas in Africa for 20 plus years. Um, beautiful people. She mentored a lot of people through her church, um, and just the works. And so the, the, the crowd was filled. Yeah. It was, it was a big crowd, and family was there friends with their loved ones. And out of all of those people, I was crying the most and I'm full transparent, full transparency. I don't, I'm not a guy who's afraid to cry. I will cry with the best of them. Um, I listen, you put on, you put on a good, sad movie and I'll, I'll rock with it. You know, me before you, oh, it's game over. So, um, yeah, no, so I'm an emotional dude and I don't mind hiding it. But, um, so I'm bawling and I'm like, I'm doing the whole like dry heaving cry, you know, it's like keeled over. All you see is the back rising <laughs> and it's like, I got a friend next to me. who's like, he's like, pat me on the back. And it's like, what the heck is wrong with you, dude? Like, you don't even know this woman really? Like, I'm like, yeah, but I know her husband. Like, I don't know. I'm doing all this stuff. And so we get down to her family and we're like in line to pay our respects. And, um, I get to her daughter um, who I'd met a couple times before but not enough to really remember each other. And she said she stopped me, she stopped the whole line. It's probably like another 20, 30 people behind us. Stopped the whole line. And she said, "Are you Dane?" And I said, I said, "Yes, ma'am." said, yes, ma'am." And why like still crying, right? I'm still bawling <laughs> the whole walk there. And I cried for like 2 hours. And so um, I said, "Yes, ma'am." And she goes, "Well, I know I don't know how you're going to take this because I know a little bit about you." Um, But Linda would have wanted you to know this, that every night for the past six years, she prayed for you. Every single night for the past six years. She's, you know, like even right now, I'm getting like lightheaded and just thinking about it. Same. And (laughs) I said, that's,
0: that's serious business. And, you know, as
1: someone who I wasn't a Christian at the time, and I hadn't even thought about believing in God, even though all of those people had been really trying to push me to do that, not in a negative way, just kind of nudging me here and there. And she uh, she said that, and she, I wasn't a Christian, but I knew how important that was. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, I'm a smart enough guy; I can figure that out. I know that. And I got I'm close with enough Christians where I or close I was close with enough Christians where I knew what that meant. And she told me that. And I, if you th- if people thought I was losing it before I lost it, then yeah, I just I fell into her arms, and then her um, our business's owner Mark, his wife, and her had to catch me. Um, from like you know, just falling on the stage, it just broke me, and so that that right there, that might be the the biggest thing I can think of and point to be like, you know, that that whole situation, that family, that business, those people, that right there was the biggest influence in me believing in God. That's awesome, bro. And so I remember, you know, flash forward, now I'm sitting in the shower thinking about all this stuff, and um, I'm like, you know what? Let me let me hit up my friends. I got my roommate. Luke, whose father-in-law is my now mentor, um, um, hit up Luke and my friend Chris. Texted them and I was like, "Hey guys, I got some. I got something I need to talk to y'all about, and I need to. I need to. You know, I need y'all to come come over tonight. I don't care what you're doing. I need you." And they were mm-hmm. like, "Say say less. You know, I got great friends." So they came over. And I told them all where my head was at, and that I was thinking about this stuff. And they gave me, you know, they gave me some really good advice. They were like, "You know, we've really never been here before, because." You know, you're really the only friend we have that isn't a Christian, you know, that doesn't have a belief system of some kind. And um, he said, uh, my friend Luke said, well, let me put you in touch with Lance. Um, He's a pastor at Crossings. He can give you a little bit better direction than I can. And then I want you to come to church with me if you're comfortable with it. And I I hadn't been to church since I was like 12. So we're talking like over a decade, and my my years might be off. My brother might hear this and be like, "That's a lie," and (laughs) it might be something like that. But she uh, he he told um, he said, "Let me come to church with me," and I said, "All right, yeah, let's do it." You know, I'm comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's fine, right? Which is kind of what this whole podcast is about, right?
0: Exactly what it's about.
1: Um, So and Chris, you know, he he was like, "You know what? I'm going to go to church with you. It's not my home church, but I want to go with you. I want to be there for you. If you have any questions, you can always ask me. Whatever." So we go to church man dude the first thing we walk in right and I'm super uncomfortable you know I'm I'm. we go to cross I don't know I don't know anyone who listens to this if you go to crossings or if you haven't heard of crossings it's a very accepting church yes. they like accept you as you are you got people dressed to the not down to the nine you know in full suit and tie down to like kids who just got out of basketball practice and they're still in their sneakers and basketball shorts so it's beautiful it's a beautiful thing they got different areas so we went to this section called uh, called um um uh, oh man, I'm drawing a blank on it. Oh no. It's been under, it was under construction for so long. I hadn't been there in a while. Oh, whatever. Went to this, this section of it, right. Um, that was more modern, more, you know, more contemporary, I guess you should say. And, um, I'm dressed in a full button down and like some slacks and I'm like, this is just not me. You know, I mean, you see me today, I'm (laughs) hoodie and sweats or hoodie and jeans and a ball cap and I'm good to go. And, um, walk in and the, Before the the senior pastor Marty Marty Grubbs gets on and speaks, uh, we get this little intro from this pastor who's just in this this section. He looks at the whole crowd. He says, "He says, you know, I want to take a minute, and we don't normally do this, and I want to talk to you guys and see if you know and speak to if anyone out there is you know struggling with their belief system, or maybe you're very new to this, or you're just trying to revisit it again." Yes. He, looked, he, he paused for a second, and then he goes, what are you waiting for? He was like, what exactly, what moment, what lightning hit are you waiting for that's going to make you change your mind? Mm-hmm. Or are you ready to just dive in and get to work? And I just, I, again, I just lost it. I was like, that's, you know, I'd always heard, you know, the what I thought was a cliche, you know, like, the sermon, the sermon really spoke to me today. It mm-hmm. felt like it was made for me directly, which, you know, to an extent is kind of the whole point of a sermon, right? To reach as many people as possible. <laughs> yes, like, no knock on people who do say that, but like, that's the point. And so he said that and I was like, well, dude, I don't know what I'm waiting for. Tell me, you know, that's kind of why I'm mm-hmm. here. And I just lost it. And I was like, that's, what are the odds that over a decade later since I've been to church ago, and that's the first thing I hear, so do that it was beautiful it was great um that night met with lance he gave me this book he started to get to know me excuse me try to understand what i how i learn and what i um you know how i operate and think and he gave me this book and he said this book is called more and i'd known him for years because Mm -hmm. of his daughter and um so and his you know daughter's relationship with my best friend so I'd been at his house multiple times, so he knew me before that. But he gave me this book called um, I don't know if you'd heard of it called More Than a Carpenter, Mm -mm. and um, it's actually a very very large book. And the part that he gave me was like a subsection made from it into just its own separate book that sold. Hmm. And it was exactly what I needed. It's um it's a very it's a very logical thought process and um, a lot of logical um, discussions and arguments. To be made for Christ um, and the the trueness of Him, the existence of Him, um, and it gives a lot of rational counter arguments and then r- counter arguments to those counter arguments as to why you know it, why this belief system is 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 real and true um, and why why Jesus Christ was real and so he gave me that and he gave me an ESV Study Bible and I hadn't owned a Bible like I'm like oh God, I hadn't I don't think I'd ever own a Bible and so um, gave me that and he was like I want you to read this book and then I want you to start at the gospels and read all the gospels and during all that time text me day or night no matter what time it is if you have questions call me we um, we set up weekly lunches to you know um, to once or twice a week to talk and discuss things um, We I set up weekly lunches with my old GM Larry you know the whole works and I, so that night it was a Sunday I read more than a carpenter it's like 150 almost 200 pages I read that by like Tuesday morning. I was like, boom, 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 right? I was eating it up. And um, got through that and still texting Lance for those two days. And then I read Matthew, um, the gospel of Matthew. And then I read, let's see, uh, and then I got like halfway through Mark. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm sold. (laughs) You know, I'm like, this is, this is good enough for me. I'm, I got all the info I need. Let me, let's rock and roll. Mm -hmm. And um, that was probably mid-October. I think, mid-October, um, and Crossings does quarterly baptisms for all the people that want to, and November 18th was the, the next day they were doing that. And I remember waking up one morning, and I just texted Luke, and I was like, I'm going to get baptized November 18th, and he was like, oh my God, like yes, please. And I texted, every, not everyone I knew, actually, not many people, maybe like five to ten people knew that I was actually, probably five people knew that I was really pursuing this, um, and I only texted them, and I remember at my baptism. I don't know who said, I don't know who spread the word, but I had like, I had like 20, 30 people there for me. And I mean, I mean like people who, people who I hadn't seen in years and it meant a lot to me that they were there, but I was shocked. And uh, there was a beautiful moment. I didn't even know they were there until I walked in the auditorium and I like had this like grocery sack full of a change of clothes that I was supposed to get baptized in mm-hmm. and changing after and all this stuff. And, uh, it was great, man. It was beautiful. And that's, uh, that's it. You know, it wasn't really like a, Hey, here's your God moment type thing, which is totally great yeah, for, for people sure. who get Everybody's that. Different. Yeah. I know everyone's path is different, but mine was a very, mine was a 24, 25 year gradual thing Yeah, that progressed. Um, and just, you know, the right circumstances happened and right things were put in my place and um, that's how it was. So, Sorry, uh, sorry no, for taking 20 good. minutes. To you're good. You're good. I mean that's, I
0: mean uh, getting it all out is what this is about, you mm-hmm. know? I think for me one of your most I would call one of the most passionate or Let me let me redirect this. One of the most influential comments you said in mm-hmm. your video mm. was, if you were a Christian, how do you hate other people? Bro? Mind-blowing. Like the silence right now is about as mind-blowing as it was when you mentioned that, but other people that sat there and listened to that video truly got a reality check. I hope so. I
1: hope so. That was, I mean, that was the point, you know, and I re- that was one of the things that turned me off to Christianity for a long time was, um, you know, and I understand it now. I understand it because it's a, you know, we're human, mm-hmm. you know, I understand it and I can rationalize it a little better. Not necessarily that, but other aspects of, you know, the hypocrisies of Christians. Mm-hmm. So like when someone makes an argument against Christianity for that, I understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I, I also get why. Right. But as far as that goes, that's one that I really, truly don't, I'm not able to rationalize and understand. And I refuse to accept also. Um, and I, so I had thought that for years when it came to now we're circling back to the topic of racial inequality and injustices in the black community. Um, that, was, <clears throat> that was something that I remember I remember thinking. It's not really that profound of a statement when you really boil it down, right? It's, it's actually simple.
0: It really you know, is. If, <laughs> you're,
1: if you're a Christian, mm-hmm. it's a simple pr- concept. It's just, it's not common, mm-hmm. not as common as it should be. I should right, say, right? right. That's that's, yeah. that's the better way to put it. Mm-hmm. And by not as common as it should be, I mean it should be universally understood. Mm-hmm. Um, there should be no gray area in that. So even if it's one percent of Christians that feel that way, that's one percent too many. Mm-hmm. It's kind of how I feel about the whole like, uh, you know, bad cop good cop thing. You know, if there's one mm-hmm. percent that's bad, that's a that's the problem that needs to be pointed right, out. Right. Right. But anyway, like, yeah. I, I don't I don't get that how you can I mean it's just like that statement it's like how can you ch- how can you hate anyone as a Christian the whole the whole point is to love everyone mm-hmm. and to love as Christ did right yes and not that you will right. right but to at least try right and I know people who just don't even try mm-hmm. you know I know I know people who try and fail. And that happens I try and fail mm-hmm. I fail I fail daily but so like I will never sit up here and act like I'm an, I'm an authority on Christianity or like right, the morality right, of right. it but we, all,
0: we all do for
1: sure but you know I, people people don't even don't even put in any effort and they just they just have this hatred for people in their hearts and it's not just people who hate other people because of their skin color it can be any reason it's right. just it's
0: just mind-blowing right? Mm-hmm. I think it's mind-blowing because of everything that you mentioned about your journey. Mm. And and this is why, because all the time it took Mm -hmm. in years, in minutes, in moments, in seconds Mm -hmm. for you to get that reality that Jesus Christ is important.
1: Mm -hmm. He's real, yeah.
0: And so people put that same amount of effort in hating people. It's crazy. And it's, it's honestly more effort. It, it's it really is. It's it takes effort. a hell of a lot more effort to sit and on a daily basis hate someone, don't want to cross their path. Yep. Try not to talk to them. Yeah. I mean, whatever it may be for that particular person on that day, but it's a lot more effort, mm-hmm. and it's easier.
1: Yeah. Is my point here? Yeah.
0: It's easier to go down that that, that path of putting in all of that effort that goes to nothing, mm-hmm. as far as it's not benefiting them with all the negativity of ha- hating someone else. Yeah. But when you ask for forgiveness mm-hmm. and you prey upon what you hate yeah. to give you a better understanding Mm -hmm. about what you're going through in your life at that time I think you start to realize that you know what I don't need to put my energy out on that Mm -hmm. I need to use it for the better good and and do what you're doing I think you know speaking out about things that aren't right or speaking about you know as a young man me watching your video as an older man it was amazing bro i just i I want to tell you that because not very many people go down that path and on the flip side of that i can only imagine if there was any how many people that listen to that that you know that associate with you Mm -hmm. disliked what you said
1: oh there were quite a few none that vocally spoke up um and I don't know if that's because they just know I'm not the one to be tried with on that, to be honest, or if, if they just chose to, like, kind of ignore the situation or if they didn't want to cause any rifts or conflict. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm i not really – social media is a great Right, for a lot of reasons, mm-hmm. there's a lot of reasons um, that I that I could talk about why social media is actually a good thing in society, and then there's also a lot of reasons why it's a really bad thing for a lot of mm-hmm. for a lot of people and for That's a lot true. of things. Right, there's a lot, there's good pros to everything, and social media is no different. Um, but I don't, and I'm, I use it just like everyone else, right? Mm-hmm. And I enjoy it, and I have my fun on it. But um, I also don't really tend to pay attention to a lot of things like followers and views and likes and all mm-hmm. that stuff, right? But that was one where I really did kind of. I was curious. Yeah. Because I wanted to see what the reaction was. And you got a reaction, bro. Well, I, I did. I got a little bit of reaction. And I, I remember looking back on it. And I remember the last time I looked, but it said something like, and this is how I know that it's kind of fun. Like going back to what you were talking about the, the people who thought negatively of it or who had a negative reaction to mm-hmm. it. I think I had like, and maybe this is just because people's um, attention span is really short, but. Because uh, that was a decently lengthy video. I mean, it took some time to watch it if you really wanted to watch and pay uh, attention I to it. it. <laughs> yeah, so I appreciate that. And I remember everyone who commented on it, who messaged me about it, really the only thing I said, whether they liked it or not, I mean, everyone who messaged me said they liked it and they appreciated it for some reason. But really the only thing I told them was, I just appreciate you watching it because it, it did take time to watch it. Yeah. And it meant a lot to me that people actually watched it um, because, you know, it, it was important to me. But anyway, the first video got something like, um, I don't know. Something like 1100 views, 1200 views, Mm -hmm. or something. But the next video got like 300, 400, 500, which told me a lot. And because I remember in that that first video that I put up, I remember very specifically saying things like, you know, if you don't think white privilege is real, stop watching. If you don't think this is a real con, if something else is a real concept or a problem, you can go ahead and shut this off. Mm Because you and I just, we can either have a conversation outside of this Mm -hmm. and we can talk about it. But if you don't think that none of this video is going to matter to you, right? Because right. it's based on these principles and built off this foundation mm-hmm. that you're going to kind of have to acknowledge at least. And so I don't know if that played a part of it or if people just didn't want to watch, you know, two, th- three, 13 minute long videos or whatever it was. I don't really know. Um,
0: I'm going to go back to your first statement. I, th- I don't. I think people are truly into watching videos and looking at pictures and all that stuff, but. When it comes to people speaking the truth about mm-hmm. certain topics, sometimes that stings. Yeah. You know? Especially and when you get called out for it. Yeah. I mean, even when you don't get called out Yeah, for no, for it, sure. For sure. Absolutely. You know Absolutely. What I'm saying? It's, yeah. Because that's a thing that you're dealing with on a, on a daily basis. So, you know, I, I can understand. I mean, there's another guy, I cannot remember his name, but. You know, me and Jamie's watched him pretty often. He's on Instagram. I'll send you one of his videos. Mm-hmm. But he is so outspoken yeah. about all of this stuff. Beautiful. And it's amazing that he just doesn't give two shits about it.
1: It's beautiful, man. It's um because once you stop caring what people's reactions are going to be and just fully focus on just what's right, it's a very, very liberating feeling. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I've. I I've I worked really hard to get to that point. And not that I you know, not that I don't struggle with it sometimes, but you know, I think my friends would be the first ones to tell you that I don't give I don't give a damn what someone thinks. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't care not not in like a not in like a I'm gonna tell you some I'm gonna be rude to you or mean or hurt mm-hmm. your feelings on purpose. That's not what I mean. Just in the sense of like if I have a truth that I feel needs to be spoken, mm-hmm. I don't care if you wanna hear it or not because you need to hear it. And I don't, I don't give two shits about who says what about it and what negative things come from it. I don't care if I lose friends, like the video. I remember thinking one time, one time, man, I wonder if I'm going to lose any friends from it. And then immediately, it was so quick, I didn't even, it was barely even a thought. I said to myself, well, that's not a friend that I want. You know, that's not a friend that I need in my that's life. Real. That's not someone that I need around me. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to lose someone because of that, because I'm sticking up for, some, for a group of people who, either A, can't stick up for themselves, which ba- black people absolutely can stick up for themselves, or they just go unheard, which is really what it is, mm-hmm. then if I lose people over that, then to hell with them, what do I need them for, you know what I mean? And so yeah, it's very, very nice when you, like that guy that you told me about, I can't, I can't wait for you to send him to me, um, when you just don't give a shit about what someone thinks about you and you can just live, it's very beautiful.
0: Yeah, but that's hard to do. It
1: is hard. It's taken a lot of work. And I still struggle with it every once in a while, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I'm not perfect in any aspect of any life. But um, yeah, it, t- it took a lot of work. And it took a lot of, um, honestly, it took a lot of of learning how to love myself. Mm-hmm. Um, because I have, um, I actually just said this to someone the other day. Um, you know, I, I don't think you can truly love yourself until you, or lear- love someone else until you learn to love yourself. Yeah. And the same concept is like you can't really be comfortable with who you are until you learn to love exactly who you are for what you are. And not mm-hmm. that you can be not that you should always be satisfied with who you are. You know, you should always wanna grow and expand mm-hmm. and, and learn and be better, but if you can't even get a baseline established then you're you're gonna have some problems. Yeah. Especially if you if you think you need to like this instance, if you think you need to stick up or say something, um, It's really hard when you're not comfortable with who you are because you're going to get some backlash from it.
0: Let me ask you, before we end today's podcast, Mm -hmm. what would you say to someone out there that may be sitting at home listening to this that want the ability to speak out but are just afraid to do it? What would you say to them?
1: I would say start having those conversations with the people who you're already closest to. That's how I did it. Um, and you know. how
0: would they take it?
1: Oh, my friends are great. You know, I be, but I'm also very blessed and fortunate. You know, yes, yes. Um, not
0: everybody's I, friends is great. Yeah, no, like I mean, they're great, but they're not accepting of certain conversations. Correct,
1: absolutely. Um, you know, so I mine was a very gradual thing where, like, I started out just like everyone else, where like in high school, I would see something happen. Um, or middle school. I should really go back to middle school and early high school. I'd see something happen, and I'd be like, "Man, that's wrong," but I wouldn't say anything. You know, I would just kind of sit back and be like, "Well, that's what can I do?" Mm-hmm. You know, and it could be anything, small or big. It doesn't matter what the circumstances. Um, and I would just sit back and be quiet. And then it was, you know, I let. It, then after that, I let it affect me more internally. After that, you know, I let it marinate. And really ask myself well, why is this wrong what can you do to be better what can you do for someone else to help them be better and all this stuff and then I would start having conversations with my friends mm-hmm. um, and it didn't matter what the topic was but a lot of it came down to like um, you know just simple acts of empathy and kindness and caring and compassion for people right and so, start ha- so I would say really look to yourself Um, and, and, and let, don't be afraid to let things bother you. And then at that, and then after that, learn to acknowledge them and then have conversations with the people closest to you. Because if you can, if you can learn to articulate yourself with people who are close to you, because like my friends are the type of, my, my people are the type of people who that my, my belief systems about anything is not going to affect our friendship Mm -hmm. and our relationship. Right. Mm -hmm. And, hopefully everyone out there has one of those people and if not hit me up you can come to me with anything like i'm i'm good so um but if you don't have one of those people who you can't you can talk to about anything uh um, i feel for you and hit me up but um if you can establish a baseline of, of conversation with those people and getting your thoughts out because that's really the hardest part for a lot of people is articulating themselves in a manner which people a understand B, don't take offense to, right, right. And, and C, resonate with, right? It's all three of those things. Mm-hmm. And so once you can learn to do that with people who are close to you, then you can start having those conversations with other people outside of that close-knit group of people. And it can be small, like, you know, I don't I used to not have these kind of conversations with my family, because a lot of my family disagree. like my, uh, not my immediate family, my extended family, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of my extended family disagrees on some of these topics with the viewpoints I have. And, um, so that was actually who I first started to talk to it about because they're still family, right, you know what I mean? Right. And, but they're not my closest people. Then I started branching out, you know, um, because it is scary. It is intimidating when you're like, I don't know what the public backlash is going to be because you don't have to go from speaking to no one to putting out, you know, podcasts. It's right. never, a pr- there's no, no, there's always no. a progression to everything. Right. And yeah, I, I, no pun intended, like, you, you know, you don't ever do that. So start small. St- then talk to the people who you know you can talk to about anything. Talk to some strange, uh, Talk to some to some extended people outside of your close circle, and then just branch off from there. Because the more you talk about it, the more you get comfortable with it, and on top of that, the more you believe in it. Because mm-hmm. the more you believe in it, the more someone's gonna want to listen to you, mm-hmm. right? Um, like I try in everything that I do, whether it's whether it's um, life, like uh, social issues professionally with my work mm-hmm. or training and fitness. Mm-hmm. I am one hundred and ten percent passionate about anything I do. And um, I like to think that if people like talking to me about those things, that's why, because of that passion comes across because I right. believe in it. You know absolutely.
0: I mean? Absolutely. So guys, this is Daryl Terrell with the real world. And tonight's guest is Dane Chrislip. I hope you guys enjoyed everything that we discussed tonight. And I just want to say that whatever you are going through Mm. in life, don't feel like you are alone because you're not. There's other people out there that are going through the exact same thing you are, and you may not know them, but all it takes is for you to have discussion with someone else and talk about it. Mm -hmm. Okay? So... Whatever you are going through, you are not alone. I just want to put that across because I feel like so many times people have a tendency to feel like no one else is out there or they're afraid to have open discussion about things that bother them. Mm -hmm. It is okay to express yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay? That is your right. So this is Daryl Terrell with The Real World and Dane Chryslip. And we're out.